Man, that's an awesome new song from the Smithereens here at 97X. Modern rock for Cincinnati and Dayton. A great uh, Jersey band, I believe. Uh, coming tonight at 1020, it's a six-pack. And Chris Barkley, a longtime six-pack contributor, has won a six-pack about Cub songs. That's coming up tonight at 1020 here at 97X, the future of rock and roll. Brought to you by Coors Light and Dickerson Distributing Company. Dave. Yeah? Dave. No. Not happening. What? What's not? We're not doing Cub songs on the for the ninety-seven X listeners' choice six pack. Yeah, I wish we were, but no, we're not. No, ninety-seven X is defunct. It's gone. What? You're in my basement. (laughs) Wait a second. The party dungeon. Sorry, I know it's a lot to process at once. I feel like you do this every time. You think you're back at ninety-seven X. You worked there for many years, more than a decade as Mm -hmm. a DJ and production manager, but. That station is long, long, no longer, yeah. and we're just talking about those good old days. And this is the party dungeon. Dungeon. Yeah, okay. It's my basement. Right. We redecorated since last time. Do you like what we've done with the place? Looks fantastic. Yeah, it's called mopping. We oh. actually mopped and how swept. How those feng shui? I'm sorry. <laughs> the joy of tidying up. Yes, a, a little bit of housekeeping. Okay. 97xwoxy at gmail.com is our email. If you'd like to guess who the fourth band was at our 10th anniversary, 97X 10th anniversary concert, please feel free to do so. We've had a couple folks already guess. Steve Romer, former Breakfast Club co-producer, Romy the Homie. Mm -hmm. He guessed the Psycho Dots. He guessed Over the Rhine. And then when we let him know, sorry, you're incorrect, he went the local band route again and guessed the Afghan Wigs. He guessed the Ass Ponies. He is 0 for 4 now. Talk about a Cub fan. He is 0 for 4. And Nathan Ray actually said, uh, wasn't Black 47 the fourth band? No, it was not. But that's a good guess. That's a band I haven't thought of for a long time. They might have done some other, I feel like they did do some sort of 97X sponsored show at some point. And Nathan was nice enough to send us the ticket stub from the 10th anniversary concert. He has it. So it was September 26th, 1992. And it says 97X Presents, RC Mob, and Too Much Joy were kind of the top line in all caps. And then the second line in title case, smaller, was Bare Naked Ladies and Others. (laughs) (laughs) So even if you have the ticket stub, that doesn't tell you who that fourth band was. So we want to hear from you. Let us know, 97XWOXY at gmail.com. And Dave, I know recently we talked about how we have dozen of listeners yes. because we had 12 mm-hmm. we've doubled we're up to 24 followers wow yes it's amazing this is how the world gets conquered 12 people at a time does that be a bigger paycheck for us definitely oh. in fact we're gonna quadruple your paycheck oh looking forward to it what's, two cds what's four times zero <laughs> uh funny another thing since we're talking housekeeping that came up in this podcast uh, someone asked me, did you reference the story of uh, George Goober Lindsay being a big star? Oh, you, you're not going to do this to me. Yes. Right? Dave, mm-hmm. you're bringing up painful memories for me. This is a great classic story that should go in the uh, annals of 97X. He continues to haunt me, even from beyond the grave. Yeah, he George died a few Goober years Lindsay ago. Yeah, he died. Continues to haunt me. But you know what? I deserve it because I screwed up. So 
George Goober Lindsay was coming in to somewhere. There was somebody close to Oxford that had an annual Mayberry. They called it the Mayberry Squad Car Reunion. Mm -hmm. And he had some refurbished squad cars like Sheriff Andy Taylor used to drive. And he would try to invite somebody from the show to join every year. Typically, it was a B-lister, you know, like a Helen Crump or something like that. Yeah. But he got a great get, George Goober Lindsay. And we were big fans of George Goober Lindsay there. So I, we said, well, let's try to do an interview. Judy, Judy, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the, the, the lucky task of calling him up. I got his phone number, called him up, and we had our little newsroom production studio. Mm -hmm. We patched the phone in recorded the the interview it was okay i mean he was a little curt i probably didn't help matters by i was nervous and i think one of the first questions i said was you know well other than the andy griffith show you know what did you do and he's like well just this little thing called hee-haw for about 25 years <laughs> clearly starting off on the wrong foot my apologies mr goober lindsay uh -huh. So recorded it, and then we were going to air it maybe next week. So, and, and typically what would happen is, you know, you tape it, and then you don't edit until a couple days before. Well, a couple of days before it was supposed to go on the air, I go back to it, start to listen to it, and then halfway through, like, something else comes in. I had taped over it with another interview. I taped over the George Goober Lindsay. It was like the Nixon missing minutes on the White House tape. That is sacrilege. I know. And then I panicked because it's like, this thing is supposed to air soon. What am I going to do? I got to call George Goober Lindsay back. So I dialed him up right then. And it was after I was on the morning show. So it was probably 9 o'clock in the morning or something like that. And he actually answered. Mm -hmm. And he sounded a bit groggy. And I said, Mr. Lindsay, it's Damien. I talked to you about a week ago. I'm terribly sorry, but I screwed up. And I taped over it. Can we re-record it? And he was not happy. And he's like, son, let me tell you something. You do not call celebrities before noon. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I get it. I, I, I apologize, but I just need to re-record it. And he's like, okay, but just keep that in mind. Don't ever call him. He and Ernest Borgnine had just spent the weekend as grand, master, grand marshals of a Harley-Davidson parade in Milwaukee. So he was a bit tired. He and Ernest had tied one on. And there I was waking him up, this punk kid from some tiny station in Oxford, Ohio, waking up the legendary George Goober Lindsay. I learned my lesson. But the funny thing is, the second interview, he was much better. Like once he got over the fact that I had awakened a celebrity before noon, it turned out he was much more lively, joking around. And, of course, I didn't ask him about what you do besides Andy Griffith's show. He's a pro. I mean, there's no doubt about it. That's why he's a legend. <laughs> uh, I'll never forget that. I mean, because when you think of the greats in television history, Dick Van Dyke, Andy Griffith, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, and George Goober Lindsay. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I think we had a little clipping from the USA Today where um, there was a story where Ernest Borgnine, and they were good buddies, they were mm -hmm. thick as thieves, and Ernest Borgnine talked about when he was a struggling actor in New York, down on his luck, in a cafe, and contemplating suicide. 
And then he said, in walks this jazz bow. And it was George Goober Lindsay. And then they struck up a friendship. They started yucking it up. Next thing you know, things have turned around. And so in USA Today, they just had a, a tiny picture of Ernest Borgnine. And the caption said, life saved by Goober. <laughs> There's not a better caption no. that you'll ever find in USA Today than Ernest Borgnine with life saved by Goober. Thank you for that story. The... Dozens of people out there have been clamoring for this story. <laughs> the reminder of George Goober Lindsay. Um, since we did uh, mention the six packs earlier, uh, we were kind of excited. Uh, a long time 97X listener since 1983, uh, till the end of the terrestrial, is Chris Barkley. And we were lucky enough to talk to him about his six pack fetish. Now, tell us about your obsession with the 97X six-pack. I think it was 1983 or 84. I'm waiting outside of a church for my first wife, my ex-wife, to come out, and it's 920. And I just found out about 97X. I said, I'll I'll just tune in here. And the guys started playing six songs from the smithereens. And A, I said... Who the hell are the Smithereens? <laughs> and and B, are you doing this every night? And I found that that uh, it was going on more or less seven days a week, mm-hmm. or six days a week. And I says, you know what? I I I like this so much. I have to have this on tape. So I I went out and bought uh, a bunch of cassette tapes, usually sixty or ninety minute cassette tapes, and I. When you switched, when programming switched over to 1020, which was even a better time for me personally, uh, I was there practically every night taping six packs. How many do you think you have? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I don't know whether you got the pictures or not. I sent you pictures of all this, all these boxes in a small storage area uh, underneath some steps. And I, I pulled out the boxes and I sorted through them. I have 374 tapes. Tapes? 374 60 or 90 minute tapes of six packs? Yes. Wow. So how many six packs do you think are contained therein? Hundreds. (laughs) But I can definitely tell you I have 373 cassette tapes. That is astonishing. Now... Is there, after dozen years or so of recording these six packs or longer, is there one six pack that stands out above all the others? Well, um, I hate to toot my own horn, but uh, the Chicago Cubs six pack, (laughs) the one I actually won a couple of times on the listener six pack, just on the Chicago Cubs. What were the six songs? I only recall the Steve Goodman song about the Chicago Cubs and David Bowie's Heroes was the end of one of the six packs. I, I had a, since I won maybe three or four times with it, there are three or four lineups, but those two songs are the ones I remember. Now that you can't tape six packs, uh, what do you do instead? Well, I turned around and I started collecting DVDs and VHS tapes. <laughs> I have a couple of thousand of those. Oh, God. So is your room... Uh, I think it runs in the family. 
<laughs> is your house just filled with boxes? Are you? Are we going to see you on one of those no. TV shows about hoarders? No, no. it's under control. <laughs> I think. I think. No, I, 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 I have all my, I have all my uh, DVDs and and stuff. That that's, it's all under control. Uh, actually, a bunch of the VHS tapes. I'm, I'm just going to watch once and and haul them to uh half price books because these are movies i just want to see once and they're gone so no no hoarders for me uh by the way are you one of mm-hmm. the now doubled uh, amount of listeners that we have that uh, get the podcast have you heard this before i have not heard the podcast and i need to go back and listen to the podcast um i'm busy helping raise a three-year-old granddaughter and that kind of eats up a lot of my time Oh, I bet. Understood. You know what he's going to do, though, Dave? Chris, once he gets through all 373 cassettes, mm-hmm. like next on his list is listen to our podcast. Well, no, then he's got his VHS yeah. tapes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's got to watch those <laughs> movies. So, you know what? We're going to call you back in the year 2052 and see if you had a chance to listen yet. Okay. Let me mark that in my, my smartphone, please. <laughs> uh, Chris, how many six-packs do you think you sent in, you submitted over the years? Oh, my God. Oh, God. Uh, Not more than a dozen, I don't think. Well, one-third were cub-related ones, then. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Hey, when you get something that gets you a free No, 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 no. No, it had to be more than a dozen uh, because sometimes I would have an idea and I would just call up the station or... Good God, did I snail mail it? Mostly I just call them and say, hey, why don't you do this sex pack or that sex pack or feature this band or that band? But it had to be more than a dozen times. Okay, so sometimes you just gave us a freebie rather than mail it in and try to win a CD. Oh, You're yeah. just like, I just want to hear this. Oh, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll send you off a Facebook message when I know that this is all edited up and, and it'll be back on. So in 2052, you can listen to it. Exactly. You know, I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, my granddaughter will be, you know, grown. You'll have time to tune in then. <laughs> so, but anyway, Chris. Exactly. Uh, I ran across a guy in Dayton who was crazy about the six packs, too. And he offered to take my tapes and digitize them, uh, put it on a hard drive, which is probably a good idea. Uh, in fact, I took out a six pack to play in, uh, in a cassette deck I still have, and it still plays. Yeah, it was the industrial wish list six pack, <laughs> and that is from. I just happened to have it here on my tape. Hang on a second. That was from December twenty fourth, nineteen ninety three. Ninety seven X W O X Y Oxford, Cincinnati. <laughs> the future of rock and roll. That's amazing, and I'm hoping that his house isn't one of those hoarders things. I'm a bit worried. He's got that many cassettes, which don't take up that much space, but then he's got the DVDs, and he's got some VHS tapes as well. He didn't say Laserdisc, though. Oh, if he ha- I bet he has some, though. We'll have to have him back on the show, and we'll ask him about his Laserdisc collection. Uh, speaking of Laserdiscs, I do have quite a few of Joe versus the Volcano starring one of my biggest clients, Abe Vigoda. Um, a lot of people, I talked about it not much on the air, that I was the actual manager of, of some, some really famous people. Clarence Williams III, Link from Mod Squad. Yes. I, I got him 
Uh, no jobs. Um, Ruth Buzzy, once you kind of you know faded off the uh, the whole Dean Martin celebrity roast and laughing yeah. and laughing, yeah. Um, I think she dated Goober. Um, no, no jobs. No, no jobs. But the biggest one that I think I had the largest success with was Abe Vagoda. I was his manager, and it was one of the few times in the station history that they ponied up some cash. Uh, we had a big event happening in, in New York City. It was back when I was in the Breakfast Club. I, I actually left for a day, flew to New York City, and, and they had uh, uh, one of the biggest bands of the time, and, and still a big band now, um, uh, have played for Abe's 74th birthday party. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think we actually have a clip of that from when it was live on 97X those many years ago. Let's take a listen. Rick, the crowd here at Abe Vigoda's 74th birthday bash of the stars is working itself into a frenzy. As any second now, you two will be performing on stage in front of a crowd that I estimate close to 500 people. What a turnout for my client, Abe Vigoda. Abe, the star of Barney Miller. The man who carried the Tom Hanks film Joe vs. the Volcano on his back. Rick, it looks like you two's taking the stage now. There's been a lot of talk. This next song, maybe, maybe too much talk. This song is not a rebel song. Oh my gosh, Rick! It's pure pandemonium here at the Apagoda 74th birthday bash in New York City. Oh. Joining Abe Vigoda and you two on stage now is Hal Linden! That's right, Hal Linden! The man who played Captain Barney Miller! Also on stage is Max Gale! The guy who played Stanley Wojo Hoes! Affectionately known as Wojo to us in the know! Oh, this is out of control! Now Jack Sue's on stage! Oh! I'm still high off that. That is that was that was the pinnacle of my 97x career right there. Your moment in the sun. Unfortunately, uh, we couldn't afford to send anyone else from the <laughs> station there. But it was the time of my life. Now, did Abe Vigoda know that you were his agent or not? Then there was another guy that always tried to be his uh, agent was Bob Ross. Happy little trees. And then what I figured out. Uh, with Bob, we were out one night, you know, doing some shots at mm-hmm. uh, Hooters. Sure. Um, that he found out that people who died that are famous painters, their paintings were worth a lot more. So we faked his death. And for about another 10 years, Bob was living in my basement. And you should have seen the value of his paintings go up after he passed away. <laughs> Did you have him paint your basement as well? I'd like to see some happy trees down there. Yes, and I have a family of squirrels that still live down there that used to live in his pocket. (laughs) There are no mistakes, just happy accidents. That's exactly right. And and then then he had a happy accident and he moved out of my basement. But if it wasn't for our idea that night at Hooters, uh, his paintings wouldn't have gone up like they did. This is fascinating behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. I'd like to talk to you more about these things that happened not in the real world, but only in your imagination. Um, you know, another thing we do is we like to feature local bands here at 97X. So coming up Tuesday night, it's Local Licks at 830. Uh, I believe we're going to have Shrug and Tiger Lily. So it'll be the artist featured uh, coming up uh, on Local Licks uh, here at 97X, the future of rock and roll with some U2. 